Okay. We're good. We're on. This is this is it. The beginning has begun. Everyone okay? You suck at this. Dude. <laughs> how, do we, how do we have a podcast where like the the host comes on and is this bad at being the host? I don't <laughs> what is going on right now? Well, I think people know that they're listening to the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. They should know that, right? I mean, if they click on the th- the app. Right? Oh my god! <laughs> what they don't know is we spend twenty minutes trying to figure out sound settings. And by we, I really mean Bird because he does, he's like a seventy three year old trapped in a thirty something year old's body. Do you have no like, like uh, people at work? Like uh, p- people tell me that every uh, nearly a daily. I, I think. Did you like, say uh, nearly a daily? <laughs> <laughs> Bird, do you. Do you wear overalls? Like, that, that's Might something well. that you do. <laughs> so, um, my name's Kyle Bird. Who are you, who who is? Who uh, is I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Matt Parmley, but we have somebody that's very special on our show today. He you is, should introduce he? yourself. Our special, our He's special, a special guy. You guys have used the word "special" quite a few times uh, <laughs> there. But um, yeah, uh, I'm Eric. Been on the show a few times before. Happy to be back. I like how when Eric says he's happy, he sounds like he's just really unhappy <laughs> to be on the show. Nah, that's just, <laughs> you know. That, that is me happy, man. Yeah. 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 So, um, uh, we're going to talk about Common Rider. You guys know what that is? I do. Okay. That's good. But first, um... You want to start with with news? A news roundup? Yeah, man. Alright. Uh, did you want to talk about that stupid Godzilla poll thing in Japan? Oh, I, for- I forgot. I, I mean... <laughs> I like that you create this detailed <laughs> Google document that we're like going to use as like this, <laughs> this, <laughs> this plan, and then the very first thing you do <laughs> is throw it out the window. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so this is how it goes at Kaiju Transmissions. This is the inner workings, the inner circle. They're getting a peek behind the curtain. I know. We have, we have, we have an outline that we we have started trying to use in the past like month or two. And then Bird just like shits on it for in the first 10 minutes of the, of the episode. That's what happens. <laughs> well, okay, fine. We'll, we'll save it for next time. But it oh, was, man, like you brought it up, I think. No, yeah, we can talk about it. Okay. So uh, there's this like, poll, it was a poll thing, right? I don't, I don't, what? It was like wow. a uh, like a TV. It, it was done as like a big publicity stunt for the animated movie, and yeah, they they polled the populace about their favorite monsters and top uh, twenty, I think, right? And top movies. twenty, yeah, and then um, uh, yeah, and then they revealed them on some talk show. Uh, or something. I don't. I. I. I'm struggling to find the results <laughs> as I try to yeah. space out my sentences. <laughs> I was wondering what was going on there. I was like, "Are you having a stroke?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So the Godzilla general election. It was called. That's what. Yeah, that's what it there was. There we go. <laughs> well, um, I know that like Minya 
somehow made the top 20 monsters. Okay, okay, okay. Doesn't, well, doesn't, we're going to speed through this. Well, well, the reason I even brought it up, because I was looking at our uh, email inbox, and a good Samaritan, who I would guess listens to the podcast if he's emailing us, uh, you know, we might have actually... Yes, uh, yeah, we, we answered uh, some of his mail on the show before. He, he really liked our Orca commentary. For some Dude, reason, Orca, that, that episode gets all kinds of love. And why? I it's the worst thing I've ever done in my life. Um, but no, yeah, Jason Spear, he's written to us before, but he sent us uh, uh, a video of it um, in our email. So, uh, um, okay, so the results I've, I, I have pulled up. I'm going to speed through them. Honestly, it's not that surprising. All right, I'm going to try and get through this as soon as, po- uh, as like, fast as I can. So... The top 20 monsters, from the bottom to the top, uh, at number 20 is Batra, then Godzillasaurus, Varan, Destroya, Baragon, Monster X slash Kaiser Ghidorah, Jet Jaguar, what? Uh, Super Mechagodzilla, 1993, uh, 12 is Kuryu, Biollante, Hedera, Gigan, Baby Godzilla slash Godzilla Jr., Mechagodorah, Anguirus, Mechagodzilla 74, Minya, Rodan, King Ghidorah, and Mothra. What the hell? Minya? Number That's four? Way, I don't know. I guess, is he popular in Japan? I don't know. I um, didn't... I don't... The, the Baragon's further back than I thought, too. That's a very specific Baragon, too. The, the, weren't they... Didn't they specifically say the JMK version? Yeah. Well, this just says Baragon, but that's interesting, because... For Mechagodzilla, like it separates the different ones. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what. I did also, think. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Eric. I thought I had heard um, a while back, like that Baragon was pretty popular in Japan. That's why um, he was the one selected for the inclusion of GMK. Yeah, he's the one. That's that why he's kept yeah. received all the toys throughout the years. Kind of even going back to like the the bull mark days and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so I was yeah, that's kind weird. of surprised to see him back so far. I don't know. It's probably all these darn millennials voting. You know, I mean, they don't. They, they also don't, did. The, they don't uh, know. They redid the top five Godzilla films. So number yeah. five, Godzilla vs. Mothra ninety two. Number four, Ghidra the three headed monster. Number three, Godzilla fifty four. Number two, Mothra vs. Godzilla sixty four. And then number one, Shin Godzilla. <laughs> the only, honestly, the only surprise about that is fifty four being number three. The other four being included really doesn't surprise me. What? Like seriously, the Mothra ninety two doesn't surprise you? Well, that movie was huge. Like that movie. Yeah. I think a- I think that movie was the highest grossing movie that year in Japan. Like it, it, it was like. I think it's a dumpster fire of a movie, but it was extremely popular and. Yeah, it was it was a pretty yeah. big deal, and Shin I don't, Godzilla is kind of yeah. what that movie is now. I think I don't hate the '92 film, but I, 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 was, I like that movie. It's it's not one of my favorites from that era, but do you also yeah. like Indiana Jones? Because that would make sense to me. I'm a big Batra fan though, too. So yeah, that, it's pretty awesome. I do I do like Batra. Batra the one is weird though I, from Heisei that I really always wanted them to bring back. Yeah. But so you know who else is a bug? Common Rider. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. We got We got to get to this news roundup, man. Uh, uh, let's. Can we? Can we talk about the uh, Godzilla Planet of the Monsters has been officially released? Do you guys have any like thoughts on um, 
that? Not really, other than a couple things. First of all, I was surprised to see people thought we were getting it on Netflix before the year ended. I thought that was strange, because the expectation I always thought was we're going to get it next 2018, year. 2018, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, because why would you release it? On Netflix before it was re- done with its the- theatrical run, Japan, because you know that's going to get online. Then it's very easy to kind of pull that <laughs> off, and so you're de-incentivizing, like you're hurting your own box office in a pretty major way by doing that. So yeah. I mean, I mean, it, let- they, they wanted to finish its cycle over there. Yeah, you know why wouldn't they? Um, I don't have much takeaways from it other than maybe some things uh there was that article I sent to you guys it was that was more like kind of a this is what you should expect more than it was a review um it sounds like I it, like I've only seen maybe two or three people come right out and sit, give it a negative review everything else I've read has been it's good but it's not great but it's not terrible and I think part of that is um Kind of the f- the the way they're using the trilogy format seems a little strange in that, from what I understand, it sounds like this is literally all set up, and it ends abruptly, like almost like a TV pilot that you wait like six months for the next episode. So, and I and I know that this was originally pitched as a, I don't remember if it was ten to twenty episode. TV series, and I'm wondering if maybe that's the route they should have gone, because it sounds like most people are just like, they don't know what to think of it, because, like, you, it's, it seems like something where it's like, you have to watch the other two parts to even, like, make sense of it, or give it, like, a fair, like, assessment, so. You know, Japan's had a problem with that in the semi-recent past, um, I, I, there's a major issue where actually I think it went to some courts because um, doing things like that where like they had a TV show that ended um, and then it said at the very end of the last episode, now to see the ending, go you have to go watch this movie in the theaters. And, <laughs> <laughs> that was like a court case. That's yeah, and, but there's been like a lot of issues like that where um, similar things have happened where you've had these film series and it just has these just really major cliffhangers. And I mean, America's doing it too, but mm-hmm. um, I do think uh, it's kind of a dick move to yeah. the audience. So. I mean, I it, like, it sounds like people are trying to be fair, but in the end, everybody is pretty much like, I don't know what to make of this yet. Like, so they <laughs> might, it, it, honestly, they probably should have just gone the TV show route. If this is how they're going to split this stuff up. But I mean, that being said, I'm I'm looking forward to it, and um, it kind of makes me look forward to the later entries more because this one, you know, I, I'm I'm pretty much know okay, I'm gonna get to, you know, the setup. The, I'm I'm getting to it's gonna leave off with them basically establishing like the premise or something, and you know, so I don't know. It's gonna be weird. Well, you also have the uh, the books, the the prequel book. And that obviously was probably part of the original idea for the for the anime series if they were going to do that. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, you know, that's a good that's an interesting thing to think about. I don't know much about like the book or how it was written, but yeah, if the pitch was to do like 20 plus episodes or a certain amount of episodes and they chopped it down to 3, well this one's 89 minutes, but we'll just assume they're all about an hour and a half. Yeah, maybe they <clears throat> 
pushed a lot of those ideas into the book, which has everything. I don't know if anyone's like looked at well, the synopsis on or, that, or anything. On that, um, it could be considered a spoiler if it is cut out, or it could be considered helpful just getting someone's mind in the right spot before they see the movie. But there was a lot of discussion where they were going to say, like, um, we're going to have Orga and Dagara, Dagarla, whatever, and all these other monsters kind of in the universe. And they had these, you know, they were kind of the first wave of Kaiju or whatever. But that doesn't factor into the movie at all. Yeah, it's all backstory stuff, pretty much. Yeah, so that's cool, but, like... It's kind of like um, the prologue of Pacific Rim, Yep, exactly right. You know, and then Pacific Rim picks up after all this. Like, all those monsters, at least at this point, are have been relegated to that prologue novel. But, I mean, it, it go, it's got pretty much everything. It's got Gunhead, I think, and, like, the Griffin from Latitude Zero. Like, it's it pulls out some deep cuts, which, you know, I don't know. I, I kind of would like... We'll, we'll see what the next couple entries do, but it would be neat to kind of see some of that pulled out um exactly like like an anime format where it doesn't cost as much to animate a monster just for a couple seconds versus actually building a suit or like having to do like full-blown cgi like that's the type of environment where you can actually do all these deep cuts and it's kind of frustrating that they set up this really cool universe where all this these things exist and then it's relegated to a a novel it's kind of like how the tezuka movies like yeah we uh, we'll talk about the green gargantua and we'll show you kamebus of corpse (laughs) you know but we won't show any of that actually like having any kind of importance or relevance yeah so so what did you guys think of the 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 sequel which there's like four titles for this I don't know what the hell Yeah there's a lot of translations mean. none of which really make sense they all seem really literal like a uh, decisive battle at Automata Replication City uh is one Battle Mobile Breeding City is the <laughs> one I've seen most commonly <laughs> I don't know what I don't that understand is what um, that is the city mechanized for the final battle is another one. Um, these seem like pretty literal translations. So, I mean, I, Toho will come out with like the official international title at some point, but until they do, I'm not calling it any of this stuff. So, <laughs> um, but it, but it will heavily feature Mecha Godzilla, which I don't think uh, is a surprise uh, to us. Um, but uh, it is interesting. I've heard rumblings about a city of a Mechagodzilla city or something, and I'm wondering if that's the city mechanized for the final battle. I don't know what that means, but um, it's no surprise to see Mechagodzilla come up here. Coolio. Um, well, but do you believe that? W- so we had that discussion online on the private chat when the poster came out. Matt are like, hey. There's Mechagodzilla in the in the poster image, and you're like, there's nothing there. I still can't see it. Like you 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 guys sent me like a picture of something like zoomed in, and I didn't know if that was zoomed in from the poster or like some kind of screenshot from something else. And on there, I could kind of see it, but even now, when I look at the poster, I just see a bunch of crap, like <laughs> a bunch of just random. Yeah, I mean, like, it's a very different take on Mechagodzilla. Assuming that's what that. I mean, like to me, it looks. Uh, it, it just looks like, look like looks like a very generic anime 
mech of some kind. Like it, that's just what it. Well, if like. that zoomed in, in image is indeed Mechagodzilla, it reminds me a little bit of uh, like if you look at some of the concept art for some of like the '90s stuff, or like some of the like Yuji Kaida concept stuff, or the Nishikawa concept stuff. It looks a little like that, crossed with like Zoids. If you remember Zoids toys, yeah. yeah. It looks more like Mogura to me, actually, than Mechagodzilla. But, I don't know. Guys, are you excited about the Rampage trailer? Are you excited about the movie? Well, okay, here, here's what I have to say about Rampage. When they th- announced a Rampage movie, and even with the, you know, it's starring The Rock and all that, I was like, you know, that could be really fun. You know, I remember the game. Uh, I remembered liking it as a kid. And, you know, I was like, you know, that sounds like something that could be fun. Um, And then the trailer came out, and it looks like every other movie with The Rock, really. uh, (laughs) Our our, our friend Trev... wrong. (laughs) Our friend Trev (laughs) said The Rock is becoming, like, the master of starring in 90s movies that are still being made today. Like, every movie he's in feels like something that would have come out in the 90s, like San Andreas and, you know... uh, mysterious island or whatever in this um jumanji uh so that was my first thought then my second thought was you know there it doesn't seem like they're playing it up for laughs or camp as much as i would expect rampage to do and then the creatures themselves aren't mutated humans like in the game they're just big animals and although the the monsters in the game weren't super huge you know they weren't you know toho kaiju size they were or they weren't like godzilla size they were more closer to like i don't know they they were maybe closer to the size of like sanda or gyra or the gargantuas and uh these are ones are more just kind of kind of mighty joe young size i mean in the game they were big enough to pick up and eat a human or pick up a tank with one hand and throw it and and stuff like that so i don't know it it, it looks kind of like something that was written and then someone was like hey we have the rights to rampage and they're like okay yeah just switch some names around throw the name rampage on it I, like i feel like a good rampage movie should be like the giant monster version of like mars attacks or something oh that's that yeah that would work totally and in the game too they're actually transformed people right right like, right yeah because after you're beaten or whatever as a monster you turn to this little person and you can run around a little bit and the other monsters can eat you um but yeah i thought it looked g- generic as hell i'm tired of seeing the rock and things like he <laughs> looks okay looks okay um in jumanji i guess but my brother and i were talking about it like He's just oversaturated right now, and his, I think his ego factor. Like I'm, I'm a fan of his, but I feel like he has become bigger than the projects he's in. Um, you know, when it comes to stuff like uh, doing the Black Adam movie that's separate from Shazam and stuff like that. I just, uh, I don't know. I'm just tired of seeing him. So that's my personal beef with that. And I think <laughs> the, the monsters look. Uh, they look fine. I kind of see why they had to do that with George. Where, you know, if they make just a, a normal colored gorilla, it'd be kind of Kong-like, and you kind of want to avoid that. So making him albino makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I, I thought I actually thought that was a a good creative move to be like, okay, King Kong's big right now. How can we like differentiate it? You know, but but yeah, I mean, they're not really. They're just kind of these big animals. They're not 
really giant. They're not gigantic, really. And then, you know, it just looks like any other kind of rock movie that probably should have been made in, like, 1997 or something. And <laughs> it looks fine. I think it's not for us. I think, like, yeah. if you're seven, you probably like, oh, my God, that looks amazing. I, the, I, the I, one... feel, I feel like the... I just feel like whoever made it didn't pay attention to the game. Yeah. <laughs> one funny comment, though. So I saw the trailer twice uh, over the weekend, and uh, the second time, there's a little kid behind me. It's like, Dad, Godzilla! And the dad's like, that's not Godzilla, shut up. <laughs> uh, when the crocodile comes up at the end, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> Lissy or whatever, she, that monster, it's literally a giant crocodile. And I'm like, that's not what the game was at all. I mean, like, they didn't even try at all to get that design right, in my opinion. And, I, and that's that's the kind of stuff I think about these adaptations. Like, I understand that you have to sort of be fast and loose with source material like this. But, like, to not even try? I mean, look, the movie could come out and be a lot of fun, and I and I hope that's what it is. Because we're going to obviously see it, I'm sure we'll talk about it. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. We'll see. It's, so, it's a weird concept, though, like... Why would you attach it to an IP which there's going to be like rights issues and you're going to have to spend some money to get those rights? Like, who is going to be like, oh, I'm such a Rampage fan that I got to go see this movie? Like, no one thinks that. Like, you're going to see the movie. Anything that was something that existed is going to make money now. I guess. We are on the uh, nostalgia binge. That That's what all movies and inter- I mean. Hell, look at Stranger Things. That is like the '80s nostalgia crap. Like that—that that is what that is geared towards. That's what we're doing right now with movies and television in general. I think. Um, well, that's a happy note. Hey, I mean, like I love Stranger Things. I'm just telling it like it is, man. So, Bird, <laughs> I need you—I need you to educate us on this uh, Subaraya court case thing. Just the Cliff Notes version, obviously. Right, right. You know, well, well, I'll. I'll say two things, and I'll give the most, the briefest version of of this news story as I can. So, uh, we were supposed to record an Ultraman episode tonight as well, where we probably would have talked about this. It would have made more sense, but uh, with um, things being the way they are, uh, I mean, we're hoping to get that in the can relatively soon, but a certain somebody didn't finish his Ultra homework um so we had to delay it again now um people it's it's pretty wide widely known that uh the rights to um all the ultra series from q up until um i think 80 is the oldest show that subaraya retains international marketing rights for but they've been a long long decades long at this point legal uh you know um, push and pull with Chayo, which is a um, uh, a company that uh, claims ownership of Ultraman based on a most likely fraudulent agreement. Um, and we'll get into all that at some point. Um, probably not even on the Ultraman episode we're going to be doing. I, I want to go over the actual Chayo Subaraya movies that caused this partnership to start and become so problematic. Um, Chayo has also has a history of misinterpreting, hey, you have these certain shows for, hey, we have the rights to the character. Um, 
going as far as some Pote Sands, who, you know, is the, the, the Chayo guy saying, you know, oh, I'm going to get a big Ultraman movie going with Will Smith, and everyone's like, no, you're not, man, you can't, you can't do that. And they've tried to produce their own shows uh, and products over time, their own original Ultraman content, and it's like, no, all your agreement says is you can distribute those shows uh, and merchandise for those shows to these other territories. Um, one of which is the U.S., and uh, the Subaraya and Chayo just had uh, a big thing where um, it was found in court. Uh, the jury unanimously uh, had motioned that the agreement um, was in, indeed seemed to be fraudulent, uh, and as of right now, I think things are kind of up in the air. Um, they're revisiting the case in January where Chayo is supp- supposed to supply additional documentation. Um, I think a lot of it has to do something with uh, passports and some signed legal documents um, that they've, they've like, oh, hey, you know, I can give this to you digi- in, you know, a digital file, but it's like they want you know, the legitimately, the legit documents. Um, and so Chayo has to find those documents to support their case. Um, and it sounds like if that doesn't go in their favor, Subaraya will have, for North America, um, control of those original shows, um, which also inco- includes Jumborg Ace, too. But they'll, they'll have control of those original shows um, to North America. So uh, it's a step further, and even if they get the North American rights, that still w- means there's a lot of territories where Chaya would retain control of that. But um, it's a step in the right direction, and uh, yeah, here's hoping for the best. I mean, uh, that means Subaraya themselves could motion to companies here to release those shows on dvd and we've had some companies do some releases with old transfers but this means they would be using the subaraya transfers you know they have the hd stuff they have the colorized ultra q you know they have blu-ray transfers that look way better than the the stuff we have so um it would be cool now um i don't know if they would retain a relationship with shout factory because they licensed um the those shows from Chayo and I, I've heard. I, I'm not going to name names, but there's two people in the insider kind of circles. One of them says, "No way, they won't do business with Shout Factory after that." And another one says, "Subarai is very open-minded and would most likely be willing." I won't say those names, but they're both people who. Um, are believable sources so who knows which one is which or if that would happen but so there's that um like i said step in the right direction but it's a long i mean i saw a lot of people oh my god they like what they won everything's fixed no there's still a lot of work left to be done but it's better late than never you know yeah man it sounds like uh it's a mess it's been a mess for a long time and we'll, and we're going to cover that as bird said in detail and there's a ton of crap that has happened um but just for, recently for, um, a guy that yeah. there's just recently one of chayo's guys 
like who retains some ownership. I think he has some level of influence with Chayo, but he separated from Sands and made his own movie with Ultraman. So, but and that was in. I thought it was. I thought it was China though. Like it wasn't. I didn't think it was the the Thailand deal, right? Am, am I wrong on that? Because I thought I, it was. I mean, different... it's so convoluted, but we'll get into it. And for the hell of it, one day we should try and track down that movie and review it because it's probably awful. But <laughs> I'm sure it's garbage. <laughs> I did see. I did see the trailer, and it <laughs> it looks it, bad. And it, it, I think it's like another series, and they just made a new a sequel or something, yeah. and just Ultraman's just in it. Actually, he's the he's the villain. He's the villain in the series, which is obviously not what Ultraman is. Uh, and it also looks like PlayStation Two graphics, so it's, it looks uh, real it's bad. really bizarre. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, at some point we're we're gonna do a whole episode about the Chayo Subaraya movies that they team actually teamed up with back in the day, uh, and that's I think when we'll go through the most of this crap. Um, but yeah, if you thought the King Kong rights were like a mess this is just a big spider web um real quick uh before we um dive into our main topic i have a really quick uh fan letter i want to read um uh it's from a fellow named william kendrick and he says, Hey, Bird and Matt, my name is Will, and I'm a huge monster movie fan. Naturally, Godzilla is my favorite film franchise, and while I love you guys' early Godzilla episodes, I've loved the exploration of other films. Your podcast turned me on to Echo Echo Azarak, House, Quidon, and so much more. Your double episode on Power Rangers in particular really got me back into that show. I recently started a new job, and it allows me to listen to Hours and hours of podcasts, and between KT and If It Bleeds, I've become a bona fide fan. FYI, If It Bleeds uh, is If It Bleeds, We Can Kill It, the other podcast I host with Trev. Check it out. Um, And then um, he says, uh, Matt, I also live in Cincinnati. It's good to know I'm not the only G fan in the 513. I don't know what the hell that means. That's a phone. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Uh, and then he says, keep up the good work. Uh, I can't wait to hear more episodes. And he says, when are you guys going to review Ultraman or Evangelion? Dude, we have some stuff planned. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> we do have some stuff planned for both those. Right now, our podcast host shit its pants and its upload feature has been busted for like a week. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, we'll see when that gets resolved. And I know we want to see about switching hosts. And then, of course... We have a big slate. Uh, as I mentioned, though, Ultraman is in the uh, very uh, near horizon, and Evangelion we've talked about for a while, and we have some ideas for other people that can pitch in on that one. So it will happen. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think Matt would agree. Um, we love hearing that our you know outside-the-box episodes are turning people on to new stuff, so... Actually, the outside the box episodes for me are a lot of fun because, like, a lot of times it's new to me. So yeah, like, it gives you an excuse to actually track down and watch some of this stuff. Yeah, man, it's 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 a lot of fun. I I'm like a kid at the candy store because I I see I get to watch all these films for the first time. Birds, like I've seen this like six times. And I'm like, dude, it was awesome. And you already know this stuff, but for me, it's it's I'm expanding my horizons and stuff and seeing things I've never seen before. And I'm doing it as a a guy that only watched like the the kaiju stuff um so being able to go outside that and realize how stupid that, that was to only stick to giant monsters is honestly it's a breath of fresh air um i smell a segue there, yep yep 
Because uh, we're going to segue into a franchise that neither Matt or myself are that familiar with. However, uh, our guest, uh, as we said, he is special. And part of uh, that is because he is not uh, a noob to one of the biggest tokusatsu franchises ever, Common Rider, everyone's favorite grasshopper-headed cyborg motorcycle riding whatever he is um but he's been around for a while isn't that right eric yeah since uh 1971 so he's been around quite a quite a while um now uh was and then wasn't it right around it was the show before the there was a manga as well was the show before the manga, or was it like the same time? They're pretty consecutive. The manga came out in 1971, too. I don't know. Um, I'm not by any means an expert, but... Um... I do know that the, the show and the manga have a very similar tra- trajectory, and then there's a specific thing that happens in the show, and then they kind of diverge from there, and it's pretty exactly. far into the show. So like they're they're written in a way that like if you're watching one it's it's kind of like um the manga and a lot of anime series like they're they're running almost concurrently in some cases. And uh yeah, and created by Shotaro Shotaro Ishinomori who created it almost seems like if it wasn't Ultraman, if there's a Japanese superhero, he's behind it in some way. Yeah, he created the Sentai genre, Kaider, Cyborg 009. And uh, and Nazu man, um, yeah, he just this dude is about as prolific as you can get. And uh, if you can, you should check check out some of his original work. It's just it's great stuff. Um, now, Eric, correct me if I'm wrong, okay? But it seems as though Common Rider each each Common Rider is usually a guy who either voluntarily or involuntarily undergoes some sort of experiment to turn be turned into a cyborg for various reasons depending on who's doing it um and through that he uh becomes the common rider he can transform into this cybernetic thing that for whatever reason has a grasshopper motif and rides around on a motorcycle uh, is that t- is that the typical origin for uh, your given rider? Yeah, that's pretty accurate. I mean, the the first rider one, um, rider Ichigo, he uh, basically got captured by this evil organization called Shocker, and uh, they were turning him into a cyborg. But um, it's been a while since I've seen that original episode. But he gets away before the process can be completed, before his like mind can be kind of reset. And so he's got his original will, but the body of a cyborg. So he chooses to kind of use these powers that were supposed to be for evil, and he chooses to use them to, to fight back against the organization. Um, and then you get like V3, where uh, he wants to become a cyborg to avenge his family. And... Some things go on back and forth, and eventually he does become a cyborg. But yeah, it's usually, uh, at least in the Showa era, there's kind of uh, some tragedy usually involved with becoming a common rider. Like, 
one of my problems with the, the modern day stuff is it just it, it's kind of lost that um, adult edge where it well, just, isn't it it's, for like, it's for like six year olds now, isn't it? Yeah, it's very Bandai driven and like um, you know the, the stuff with Ultraman now. Um, Sentai and Kamen Rider were doing that years and years um, previously, where the toys are driving story arcs and stuff like that. So um, I'm much more of a fan of the old stuff and the stuff we're going to talk about today. So, um, so what is so Shocker is an evil organization that, uh, oddly enough, they're missing from everything we're going to talk about today. But it seems like that's a they're a pretty con- a constant thing throughout the franchise yeah they return they you know they kind of shift they become gel shocker at a certain point um it's not always them but a lot of the villains are reoccurring and um sometimes you know you'll go through a whole series only to find out oh it was shocker all along you know um so they're they're not as essential as the fact that you have an evil, evil organization. That's like the key component usually involved, especially in the show era stuff. So those original shows, were those like the same kind of monster of the week kind of thing? Like the, you know, like Power Rangers, it's like, okay, Rita Repulsa makes a monster. Ultraman, it's, you know, whatever monster is upset about something that day. <laughs> uh for um you know ultra seven it's an alien invasion was was it the same format or was it more like a long form kind yeah of thing? it was kind of um i mean they're very episodic so uh yeah they're kind of the monster of the week um where do those monsters usually come from well so like sentai the original sentai stuff would come from like common everyday like household items so you'd have like this villain with a baseball for a head and stuff like that or it's you know giant scissors or something but for common rider it just came from all sorts of influences in fact the first two villains uh was a batman and a spider-man um but they're not like the heroes that we know they're batman like, and spider-man yeah were the first villains yeah so they're like actually like half um uh, like spider or cyborg thing. Uh, and the first villains on the TV show, uh, in the original series, like you could see their eyes, um, like the suit actors or actually some cases more of a makeup than a, a suit on the face, at least. And that's kind of unsettling. The more and more you progress through the shows, it becomes more like full intensive suits. Um, but, uh, when V3 comes along, they start just miss, uh, just mixing things together and you get like, uh, uh, scissors jaguar, where he's you know a, a jaguar with scissors for hands. Dude, um, I have to interject real quick, Eric, because we watched I watched that episode with Eric at his house, and that monster's freaking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. You've got what? bazooka turtle, and then you keep going down that route, and you get further into stuff like Common Rider X, and then you have um, Starfish Hitler and Genghis Condor. <laughs> and <laughs> stuff like that so um yeah it's it's all over the place the one cool thing that i like about common rider uh, and about just japanese heroes in general is that they're legacy heroes um so in america you have batman and batman's been batman since like 1930 and he's always been batman but in japan you have like a run where like 
if the same thing were to happen to a Western hero, like Batman would have had his run and he would have had a complete story, a complete arc and maybe go on for a year or so. And then someone else would take up his mantle and they'd be Batman. And so every it's kind of like Doctor Who also. So everyone has in their mind their doctor. So everyone has their their first common rider, their first Ultraman. And that's not to say the original heroes don't return occasionally, but um, it kind of switches things up, keeps things unique. And it it just it, for me, it feels more real that you don't have the same guy saving the world every single time. So. OK. And when it's not Shocker, is the the villain just another like shadowy organization that makes monsters, pretty much? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not there. Sometimes they'll go like in some of the newer series, they'll go more complex with like um, we're going to target their economics or something. But yeah, usually their version of taking over the world involves monsters and nuclear weapons and stuff like that. Um. So, uh, as you've said, there's been plenty of them, uh, from 71 through 89 is considered the Showa era, starting with the original Kamen Rider, ending with Kamen Rider Black RX in 1989, and then, um, so at that point, they really put the series on the back burner, and uh, the 90s was really a dry spell, except for these things we're going to talk about. Is there anything that you have to add to that? I mean, were, were the shows just not doing as well? Or was it a money thing? Do you know? Um, I don't have an like, intensive, accurate backstory. I believe, you know, just diminishing returns. Um, you know, it's kind of... It took them a while until like the Heisei era for them to really kind of break the mold out of the traditional grasshopper, karate bug man. Um, and I th- so I think they kind of got tired of the same formula, maybe. Um, I'd say b- before we move on, um, if you're going to check out some shows from that original arc i'd say v3 you can actually uh, it's the second series um you don't need to watch the first one to enjoy it uh you can actually pick that up uh, it's very expensive um but through um generation kakata uh it's a website uh it aired um in hawaii in the 70s and so it has a fan base along with kakata there so you can actually buy a dvd set and watch it legit um, and I know it's like, uh, Shinichi Wakasa's, uh, favorite Kamen Rider. I think August Ragone, it's his favorite Kamen Rider. It's up there for me. Um, so that, and then Kamen Rider Stronger is a really good show. Most people, uh, can't get past the ugly suit, but it's like 32 episodes ish. Um, so I think those are two good places to start for the show. You've, you've said Amazon was pretty good, right? Amazon's unique. Uh, I know it's it was a first for some people and that got him hooked. He's a very very violent common rider, so like they don't usually show bloodshed uh, for the most part in these shows. But like common like Amazon would straight up just like rip your spine out kind of stuff. Like if if you were a, a bad guy, That's so sweet dude. Which one has Starfli- starfish Hitler? Was that That's X, X? which I 
I've seen like the first five episodes, um, but at the time when I was watching it, they had some uh, issues. Like no one was picking it up and translating it, so it kind of just stopped. Um, I think someone has taken it up since then, but I've never jumped back in. And then real quick, also um, the original Kamen Rider, Kamen Rider One or Ichigo, the dude is a beast. Uh, Hiroshi uh, Fujioka. Um. The dude did his own stunts in the costume. Uh, he sang the title song uh, for Kamen Rider. <laughs> dude. Didn't and he Didn't he have to get replaced like halfway through because he broke his legs or something? Exactly. So he was doing <laughs> his own stunts on the bike, and he, I don't know if he, I think he broke his leg or something like that. I, I, I feel like he broke, I feel like I read that he broke both of his legs. Yeah, it was bad. Um, so... They kind of just did this. They wrote him off the show, basically. It's like, you know, I have to go to Brazil now or something like that. And then they have a Kamen Rider 2 come in. And then once he healed up, you know, he would have been completely in his right to just say, hey, I'm done. It's been real. But he came back and he freaking did it with gusto. And so that's when you have another sort of usual component of the Kamen Rider series is you have like two riders, so uh, a rider one and a rider two, and they kind of team up, and um, that's kind of what happens. And that's how you get in that first series, you get 98 episodes, which is ridiculous. Oh that sounds, that's, God, that's so long. That's <laughs> a daunting task. I struggled to get through all of, like, 39 Ultraman episodes. I know, like, you know gosh. 51, oh. whatever, 49 episodes, Ultra 7, that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so in the 90s, there's a run of, of media, uh, all involving, uh, one man, um, who was involved in some capacity in all of these projects, and that is Mr. Uh, Keita Amamiya, who I think a lot of people know from the Zerum, uh, films, and I think these days, probably most for Garo, which is probably the most recent, like, Japanese hero franchise that really took off and just became its own like rabbit hole of shows and movies and cartoons and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's become really prolific, but in the nineties he was involved in a lot of common writer stuff. Um, and that is uh, including, uh, there's a couple short films we'll get out of the way real quick in like five minutes, but the meat of it is going to be uh, Shin Kamen Rider, which he didn't direct, but he did do uh, effects work um, and maybe even some of the designs. Um, then Kamen Rider, does anyone know how they like this to be pronounced? Sorry, I totally got lost. Right? Well, no, I, it, it, well, I, from what I, I understand, it's Common Rider Z O. Oh, Z O. I, I don't know. A lot of the podcasts and people that talk about Common Rider are actually uh, Canadian fans for whatever reason. Um, I got into Common Rider by listening to a podcast called Hinch and Justice. Um, I believe there's they they just got spun back up, uh, and there's also a great resource. Uh, huge fan, a uh, guy named Ega Devil. Check him out on Twitter. Uh, he's tremendous. I think he even did some of the linear notes for V3. But um, <clears throat> yeah, they always refer to it as Zo. I've just always said Zo, but I don't know. Well, I do know the Japanese like 
phonetically, the Japanese say Zeto O, and Zeto is, I think, is like the Japanese um, word for the letter Z. So yeah, there's say. weird stuff like that, man. Like, because you have um, in the sort of 2009-ish uh, time frame, you had Common Rider Double, but if you look at it, it looks like Common Rider. There's just a W. So. <laughs> How do you pronounce that as double? How do you say the the one that's just three O's? Common Rider O's. Yeah, no, the O's. Common Rider O's. Who does? Who's why? I don't. Know. That's a good show too. I, um, so if you're gonna check out a, a, the newer shows, go with Common Rider Double or, or O's. I'd say a lot of people like Gaim. It, it's Fruit Ninjas. I just it's too much of a mental leap for me to get there. So, <laughs> but it's apparently like, a really good show. Like, I've seen some of like the the. The transformations in that they are so crazy. <laughs> yeah, they'll have a, a literal mechanical giant orange will drop out of the sky through a zipper. Like the sky will literally have a zipper that just unzips, and then a mechanical orange drops on your head and then kind of transforms into a con rider. And so I said to get from there to the original show where it's like all about like a sacrifice and people become common riders and it's a, it's a curse you know you, you can't fall in love with anyone you're you know you can't even grasp a door knob without breaking it and to go from that to like this happy-go-lucky j-pop guy that's <laughs> a fruit ninja that just kind of sums up where we where we are now and then common rider j is the other one we're going to talk about so um uh, let's start with the the short films that you may or may not have watched <laughs> um the first uh, that i want to bring up um that was uh has you know amamiya's alleged direction was um for the anniversary of uh ultraman the 25th anniversary of ultraman the 20th anniversary of common rider there was a tv special called ultraman versus common rider and it was uh it was mostly it was like a clip show of the two franchises and they would compare you know, the kaiju of Ultraman to the kaijin of Kamen Rider. They would go through, you know, each hero's, you know, finishing move, et cetera, et cetera. And then at the end, there's a little, like, seven to eight minute um, short film um, where Ultraman and Kamen Rider uh, have to fight a monster who... Um, at the beginning, Common Rider fights his own monster. Ultraman fights his own giant monster, and then for just just because they merge together and uh, form a super monster, and then all this Common Rider turns giant for no reason, and they fight and kill the monster. Um, and uh, I mean, there's not much to say about it uh, other than you know, for something that was probably really, really, really cheap, you know, it's got some cool suits and miniatures and. Um, you know, it's fun to see these, the two most iconic Japanese superheroes, um, together. And, uh, you know, it's a fun little curiosity and, um, it's on YouTube and aside from some narration, there's no, you know, dialogue or anything. And it's, it's something that is easy to find and, you know, it's fun enough. Um, uh, Matt, I know you watched it. Eric, I, you've probably seen it at some point if you didn't just watch it. But I don't know. How do you guys feel about that little that little short fight scene? I, I loved it actually. Like that was a lot of fun. Um, there's this <laughs> the sequence where like uh, the the two monsters merge and then Kamen Rider rides his bike through like 
the monster's like neck or something. That was bizarre. Um, <laughs> what is going on in this? Um, but like, the, it, it's just you know, actually, the the action sequences, the miniatures, like they're all pretty well done for being made for pennies. I'm sure. Like it, it's it was a really awesome like eight minute short. I would recommend everybody check it out if, if you if you're a fan of Ultraman and you like giant monsters or if you like Common Rider, like watch that. It's eight minutes and and you'll really enjoy it. Eric, have you yeah, seen it's it? um, um, it's been a long time. Um, I I really honestly don't remember anything beyond just the visual of uh, Kamen Rider Ichigo doing the Specium Ray pose. Um, so, uh, it's got its fan base and it's kind of got a popular place in the fan culture. Like it, it's like a, a year or two ago they released a um, Gashapon set for the movie. Just for that movie, so um, for like eight minute minute film, it's still uh, still kind of kicking ass and taking names. Yeah, and it even that special just got a Blu-ray release too, and they had a big event for it that had the the, the actor that played Hayata and um, the original Common Rider actor like together. Um, so yeah, it definitely has people that enjoy it. Um, and um, the compilation itself is like a, you know, it's probably like a fun crash course for people, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the next one we're going to talk about is a half-hour chibi anime comedy cartoon called Kamen Rider SD. SD stands for Super Deformed. I don't know if people, probably people our age probably remember this, but do you guys remember, like... Before chibi became the word, it was it was I always remembered it being referred to as super deformed. I also remember super deformed. I and still I, refer to it as super deformed. Really, so I, chibi is not taken hold of me for whatever reason. <laughs> it has for me just because it's like easier to say and it's easier to like type, you know. And super deformed, I feel like is like. I feel like it's Sorry, probably it's politically incorrect <laughs> somehow. It is. It is. <laughs> Are they saying that little people are deformed? I don't know. Are they saying that they're Jeez, deformed? Man, I feel awful now. I never. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, it's weird. It's freaking Here's weird. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, I feel horrible. Thanks, Bert. <laughs> uh, anyway, this this was a, a little a little cartoon. I guess at the time, SD Common Rider stuff was like. There were different comic books and video games, and I guess this was like a silly little tie-in thing. Um, but I, I just watched it. I mean, it was stupid. It wasn't, like, great, but, you know, it was cute <laughs> enough of a diversion. I mean, the the plot pretty much involves one of the writers is socially awkward, and uh, the girl he likes and wants to date gets kidnapped by the Spider-Man. Not that Spider-Man. Um, and they have to save her and, you know, they have a, you know, the, you know, a humorous relationship with the, the senpai riders, which are like the, the first like Showa riders and some of the newer ones. And I mean, it's just a, it's just a dumb little thing that, you know, it's a curiosity that is, is, I, I, <laughs> I think Matt bristled at it a little more than me, but you know, it's, it's a fun thing to just watch and not and not take seriously i don't you know? think i've seen this but 
and I didn't watch it for this podcast, but I remember seeing something like this, an animated, uh, is either a comic or a show, like Memories Hazy, but I remember specifically like V3, I think, or one of the, one of the writers like stealing the girl of another writer. Yeah, that's how this one ends. That's how it ends. Yeah, he just, sits, he just sits there all dejected and like you feel so bad for him. V3's such an asshole. Well, the whole the whole thing is like, you know, poor uh, RX is trying to get the girl and then V3 is like his senpai and yeah, they, yeah. He, he steals this girl and, you know. And, and the gift that he got him, like he steals the girl by giving the gift that he like he got for the girl. <laughs> imagine like eric i'm i take your christmas present that you bought for your wife and i take your wife that's... and the way that i get like that's what would uh God. so eric from from that uh like they live with a character that's like I, he's kind of like their dad uh tobe tachibana who i i'd imagine he has some co- sort of relevance to the series some sort of relevance <laughs> All right, man. Let mansplain me, me, this to me. I'm gonna have to mansplain that for you. He <laughs> is he, the he central. He is played fi- by um, the guy from uh, Ultraman, the guy that played. Um, yeah, the, uh, like uh, their Captain. boss guy. Yeah, he's uh, he is pops. He is the essential component, uh, especially for like the first couple writers. Uh, he is in every show. He's the the mentor to every single writer. He's like the unifying figure. Kind of like the the Alfred to their Batman. He's um, yeah, man. He's I, I can't say enough that he's kind of the linchpin uh, for those first couple rider series. Uh, he's the heart and soul of the team, kind of. All right. Well, yeah, I figured it was something like that. Um, so uh, <laughs> Matt, you you had a little bit more of an adverse reaction to this. What I think is a harmless little it, cartoon. It's, it's it's harmless, and that's fine. <laughs> Uh, uh, okay, listen, I was, so today, um, I was watching it actually with my, my, my son and we both fell asleep. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not that long. It. I know we fell asleep in, in like 10 minutes because it was so dull. Um, I don't know. I look, I, I, I'm not like an anime connoisseur by any stretch of the imagination, but I watch a fair share of anime. I didn't think it was that great. I didn't really think it was that funny. Now I am not the audience. This is definitely like a a kid a kidified kind of show. Um, it sort of reminded me of like a a kiddier version of Yu Yu Hakusho. If anybody's ever seen that, um, it just I, I don't know. Like it was just kind of boring. I don't really have much to add to it. Like it is the ending was pretty funny. I'll give it that. Um, where you know the the senpai steals the guy's girl. Yeah, there like, were there were a few things like that that I chuckled more at than I thought I would. I'll yeah, like that. that 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 part was kind of funny, but the the fight scenes are pretty tame. Like it's not the show the shows that I've seen the common writer stuff that we've watched and we're getting ready to talk about and the shows that I've actually watched with Eric um, and actually Bird we watched a couple episodes together at. Um, at G Fest, we just kind of had it on playing. Oh yeah, had it yeah. On, you know, the TV or whatever. Like those were better than this by far. So like, if you're bored and you want to kill half an hour, watch this. But like, I wouldn't expect very much. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the good stuff. Well, I guess ugh, we can't. I'm not gonna quite get into the good stuff, but we're we're getting there. Okay. Right. Um. So in February of 1992, for Common Rider's 20th anniversary. 
And if if you heard Eric say Common Rider started in seventy uh, one, you would be correct. So if you're thinking that Toei are bad at math, you would also be correct <laughs> because for some reason their twentieth anniversary movie is in nineteen ninety two, um, and that is Shin Common Rider. Um, which uh, was the 20th anniversary movie and took a much uh, darker um, take on on the character and um, really turned it into a full out body horror kind of kind of thing. Maybe a little closer to what people are used to from you know something like The Giver, um, which. Uh, yeah, I think the Giver was around by then, but um but yeah, I think Giver this, was 80s. Okay, yeah. yeah. So yeah, Giver was definitely around. Um so I don't know, it's a little bit kind of the Frank Millerization of superheroes done in Japan. Um and it was supposed to kick from what I understand it was supposed to kick off something, I don't know if another movie or maybe a series cuz technically it's actually called Shin Kamen Rider Prologue. But um yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, who who had this one? Er, uh, Matt, you had this one. So, yeah, so I, I volunteered for this one stupidly. So I'm gonna. <laughs> um, all right, so I, I I'm gonna add a couple prefaces to this before I get to the synopsis. Um, the the film was poorly received, and that is why they they actually did plan some sort of either series or sequel, but it was poorly received and one of the reasons it was a failure was actually because a lot of fans complained about the graphic violence um eric had mentioned earlier like th- this show doesn't have a ton of of blood that that is shown during the fight sequences in this movie that is not the case like, oh there's yeah blood th- there's, this like, movie has gore uh it's got nudity and just the transformation is like a cronenbergian like the fly-esque body horror thing <laughs> So, Bird, do you remember, like, when we first started talking Kamen Rider way back in the Monster Zero days? Uh, oh, you know what? Speaking we of talked Ultraman, about the- yeah, I think it was actually Ultraman versus Kamen Rider. I had seen, and they showed that transformation, and I made a thread on Monster Zero, and I was like, what was that? Like, that looks crazy. And yeah. and you guys came in, you're like, oh, it's Shin Kamen Rider, la la la, and then I... I, I I got it not too long after and I was like really excited cuz I was like oh man that 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 <laughs> clip was great from that compilation video I watched and then I sat down and I was uh, the for the first like 20 minutes or 30 minutes I'm like this this is going to be great and then like after that I like man I just watched this thing again like a week ago I st- I like <laughs> i don't know and i don't think to... i had seen it yet either and so you and i first started talking on uh, the, those forums because we both had a, have a love for 80s creatures features and, and, and body uh, horror P- anyone that knows me knows like after kaiju like i'm a huge sucker for body horror like cronenberg is one of my favorite directors and i love like gross transformations and stuff so i was like man that combined with japanese superheroes like how do you beat that and how do you, you know, and, and someone, I don't know what they did, but they didn't make it very interesting. Well, to quantify the transformation, like, the dude's forehead starts by splitting open. <laughs> it's yeah, really it's, it's full-on the fly transformation. Yeah. Now, Matt, tell us what it's about. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to give you guys two, uh, let's, just, let's just get it out of the way. I don't think any of us like this movie, so I'm going to give you two choices. I can give you... 
the Cliff Notes version of the plot, or I can like give you the better version of the plot, but might take a little bit to get to the end. So you you tell me uh, the how shortest version right. possible. Yeah, let's go Cliff Notes because because this this movie gets all right, all right, convoluted. All right. Okay, so <clears throat> the film opens up with basically this creature that's attacking and killing a bunch of people. You got blood going everywhere and squirting out of necks and all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, the CIA the CIA actually has a sting operation initially, to t- but it fails to kill the monster, and it gets in this creature gets away. We are then introduced to two doctors, and we learn they are doing experiments to st- actually cure diseases and strengthen the human body. Well, what they don't know is these doctors are actually being backed by this group called Only the Syndicate. And they are doing these experiments on our main protagonist named Shin. He is going to be transfer- uh, transformed by the doctors into common rider the way they do this is one of the doctors is like hey i have a great idea i'm gonna take a grasshopper and basically merge that with a human and boom it's gonna become this super life form thing well we learned later on that the the creature at the very beginning of the movie is actually one of the doctors he was experimenting on himself and it kind of went sideways and it didn't work out perfectly but he had better results when he was working on shin who also happens to be the son of the other doctor that he's working with also, Shin is in a romantic relationship with one of the assistants who's working on this project named I. They go skinny so dipping. dipping. They do. Yeah. yeah. Was really yeah, it's just a random. Yeah, it's, and it's not <laughs> like. Random. They're just <laughs> naked all of a sudden. Yeah. And, it, it's, it's the weirdest scene because, like, it kind of comes out of nowhere. And, and, like, initially, I wasn't even sure, like, that they liked each other that much. And all of a sudden, they're naked. I'm like, what is going on in this movie? Um, so, the leader of the syndicate. Um, who actually is played by Daijiro Harada, who fans would actually recognize as one of the pilots uh, from Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla I recognize 2. him right away. He's got a very unique face. Yeah. The dude is always smoking a cigar in this, but that's besides the point. Um, throughout the course of the film, he is trying to... He, he's, telling, he's basically telling everybody, okay, we want to use the research to create these cyborgs or these creatures or whatever. And then he finds out that I is pregnant with Shin's baby. And that baby is not just any baby. It's like a deformed common Rider and Cronenborgian baby. It's insane. So he captures her. Shin goes to rescue her. And this is where everything just goes to hell because at one point when Shin rescues her, she's getting shot at. And she jumps pregnant and all in front of Shin, who can transform into Common Rider with armor, and tries to save him. And I don't understand that. Maybe you guys can explain that to me. Nope. Uh, she dies, and her last dying wish is basically for Shin to save the baby. Well, listen, if she wouldn't have jumped in front of the bullets because that guy can't be killed by bullets, you wouldn't be in this predicament. Anyway, um, so Shin basically kills Hamura, which is the leader of the syndicate very viciously in retaliation. He eventually fights the syndicate super weapon, which is called Goshima, um, which is this other grotesque creature, and he kills it Sub-Zero style. Everybody remember Mortal Kombat? So he decapitates him by ripping his head off, <laughs> and the spinal cord comes out, and it's glorious. Um, probably the best part of the movie, in my opinion. Anyway, at the very end of the movie, and this is the crazy part, uh, as Shin and his father are escaping... And they're carrying the, the, the lifeless body of his girlfriend out, trying to save the baby. This helicopter shows up out of nowhere, presumably from the syndicate. It's never really explained. And they're shooting and blowing stuff up. 
They capture Shin's father in a net somehow. I still don't know how that really happened. Shin jumps on the net to try to save his father. He is then captured, sort of, and they're, like, hanging from this helicopter. The CIA shoots down the helicopter with a bazooka, but it doesn't, like, blow it up immediately. Like, it catches fire, it flies over a building, it explodes, and then it blows up the entire freaking building out of, like, nowhere. And the very next scene, they're walking through a sewer, and Shin's carrying his dead girlfriend, no explanation of how he survived, his father's never seen or heard from again. Don't worry and about it. Hol- and there's a hologram from the bait from the mother coming out, of, like coming out of her stomach. The baby's like nodding at Shin, and Shin's nodding back. Like the baby's like, "Hey, I'm alive still." And Shin's like, "Yeah, dude, I know." And that's how the movie ends. What did I just watch? Anyway, I can't. Somebody help me, please. Uh, so, well, I guess the baby. I mean, the baby like in- is inheriting his grasshopper rider powers. That's why he's alive. As for where the dad went or any of those other questions, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, that that scatter shot sort of happenstance. Well, then this happens, and then they decided that they're going to make him a cyborg, but make it based on a grasshopper. And then, he, oh, by the way, he's dating this girl who's also the you know, that. Like that's not Matt doing a disservice to the film. That's literally the film, and so it's just this random shit just compiled on top of each other. Uh, I hate this movie. I probably <laughs> hate it. I mean, I know a lot of the listeners uh, love Shin Godzilla. I think I hate it more than Shin Godzilla um, because Shin Godzilla, at least conceptually. Uh, if you're not a fan, at least conceptually, you have to admit it's a good idea doing a, a modern sort of political take on Godzilla, uh, examining all these issues. This was flawed from the beginning. Like it's so ultra violent to the point of stupidity. Um, well, like God. I said, that it's it's the it's the Frank Millering common uh, writer, and I say that as someone that actually really likes what like stuff like. Uh, 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 Dark Knight Returns and uh, Alan Moore's Watchmen. Those were the two like big things that like made comics like start to do stuff like this. But yeah, this yeah. this seems like one of those things that were an offshoot of that, where they kind of took the wrong like I they took the wrong thing away from works like that, and like they're just like yeah, let's just make it gritty and you know blood and nudity and star- <laughs> like arterial gore and stuff, which is all awesome, but. You need to back it up with something to say, deconstruct it, uh, or you know, or really have like a more of a backbone in the story department. I mean, Gamera Three kind of does the same thing for Kaiju, where it takes that Frank Miller esque um, take on something. But uh, I mean, but it was able to back it up with story, you know, and character. Yeah, if you want to do something ultra violent, though, you had Guyver at the same time, which that is that character, you know that. Um, it's part of that world. Like Common Rider's four kids, and I mean, you can't say, well, the original creators would be uh, dismayed and shocked that they would do this to their beloved creation for children, because the original creator has like an extended cameo in the film. And um, I don't know how true this is, or maybe I'm taking something I heard a long time ago and remembering it wrong. But is it true that the that Maybe his original idea or maybe original outlines or something were actually a little closer to this in tone than what we got. Um, so, yeah, Kamen Rider is always supposed to be – it was always uh, bound to horror. It's very 
true. Like um, the original, uh, at least in the manga form, was like kind of a mix of like uh, pre sort of cyberpunk mixed with uh, gothic um, horror. So you have like these giant um, headstones and cemeteries and you'd have like this uh, cybernetic monster coming from it um, from out of the ground or kind of perched up on a, uh, a church or something like that. And um, so it was always based in horror. It was always supposed to be really scary. Um, and then Common Rider being a monster like that should be kind of scary also, but they just took it too far, I think. Um, it's actually said that this was sort of supposed to be based more on the, the original manga, and especially that of, of Kamen Rider Black, which I understand um, is a little more graphic than even the original manga. And uh, both the original manga, at least the first couple volumes, and all of actually Kamen Rider Black's manga were done by Shotaro uh, Ishimori himself. And he appears in this movie. He's the guy with like the crazy hair. When they do... Um, when the doctors are shown first and they're being watched by the guys in the um, syndicate, the guy with the crazy hair is um, Shotaro. So you, you literally can't miss him. But like this, this, this particular adaptation was purposely kind of going for the dark, the darker tone of, of the manga. And if you actually, uh, actually looks at some of the manga today, it is like, uh, like as an example, Kamen Rider, when he's fighting some of the monsters, like he's chopping off arms. And there's a sequence that I, I read today where, one of the monsters like leaves an entire room full of just dead humans and there's blood everywhere. So I can see why they would come to that conclusion. Um, I mean, there's the, the best thing about this movie is going to be the, the, the body horror stuff. Like I think that the special effects are a ton of fun. I think it's one of the things that's really it's dragged down by is the score. Like, did you guys ever feel like the score of the movie, like the music was just so like, like sad and slow moving and like, God, get this movie move, like get it moving faster. Cause there's so much action in it, but like all the, the sequences were just dragging ass for me. I couldn't, I don't even I remember the score. <laughs> no, I was going to say the same thing. Like, I don't remember it at all. I just remember, um, I couldn't finish this viewing. I've seen it once or twice before. Couldn't finish it. I just lost all interest and almost lost my will to live in general. Watching this movie. Um, yeah, <sighs> brutal and I, I i do think it'd be cool to do a horror take and you're right like uh especially coming out of black like the manga stuff um is kind of close to what they're doing here and like the comrader black himself does look like an insect kind of he's got like even uh he's got his arms his legs and he's got these vestigial little insect legs coming out of his ribs also um in the the manga at least you could do it and do it well, but this is not that take. <laughs> um, it's just, it's boring. It's overly convoluted. Um, oh, yeah. Well, I, I'm, I might be a little easier on it than both. I probably fall between the two of you or I don't know. I, I'm, I'm probably a little higher on it than Matt maybe, but because the things in it that I like, I do really like. I do really like the effects. I do really like the body horror approach. I do really like, you know, the fights and the gore and stuff. And um, 
I like the, the first act is a good kind of setup where, you know, they're trying to find, uh, you know, what this other monster was that's been killing people. And, um, and, you know, you get the setup with him, uh, you know, going through the experiments and everything. And, you know, you, after his first transformation and, you know, that whole thing, it, it really does just kind of nosedives into this convoluted procedural, you know, about this, you know, secret organization and this conspiracy and, you know, the syndicate, they call it, and all their inner workings and the CIA, you know, double agents and stuff. And it's just, oh, my God, it just it just t- becomes a slog. And when when this movie is a monster movie, it's really cool. But when it's not, which is unfortunately most of its runtime, it's just a drag. Um there's also a couple characters I think that drag it down, like um, Monsonobu Takashima, who's actually uh, fans of Godzilla would recognize him. He was in Godzilla vs. Biolanti as um, Show Kuroki, the guy that um, is basically given the orders to fight Godzilla at sea and stuff. Um, like he, I don't know what his character is there for. Like, what does he do? Do, do you guys like? I feel like no one, nobody does it. No one does anything in this movie. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. Like, there's <laughs> there's nonsensical characters. You have the, the ending, which. Like, seriously, if you're going to watch this movie, when you get to the end, tell me it's not the biggest WTF you've ever, like, I, I don't know what happens to the guy's dad, and I don't understand what happens to, like, how do they, exp- it, like, the, the entire screen is engulfed by the helicopter's explosion, so much so that a building is, is taken out, and then suddenly we're in a sewer, him carrying a dead, like, a body. I don't, I don't understand. I'm having an aneurysm as we talk about it. Like, it makes me so angry. Um, so yeah, I don't know how many grotesque, uh, grasshopper man transformations do you give this one out of five? Uh, I'm going to go, I'm with you, Bert. There's the stuff that I like about it. The special effects are wonderful. So like on an enjoyment level, I'm probably at a two, but like realistically, I think it's probably like a one and a half. Okay. No, that's fair. I I was at a two also, just because when it's a monster movie, I do like it, but it's just not enough of a monster movie to, to, for those things to carry over and, you know, be truly, truly enjoyable. It's, it's watchable, you know, and the things that work about it are, you know, well, work well, but there's just not enough of it. So it's a two. Uh, one, and that might be being generous. <laughs> you, you know what? I get that though. I do understand. Yeah, that. I, like, so do I. Totally. Not... You know, it is funny though because uh, you know they always do crossovers where they'll, they'll have like every common rider in like a movie or something, and they all show up. So like Shin Common Rider will still show up in like these crossover movies and stuff. And he always looks so out of place next to, like, these, like, colorful, like, <laughs> like these newer, like, Bandai toys, basically. He always looks so, it, it's always so weird. Like, I've seen, like, no, I've, I've looked at, like, I, clips of stuff like that, and I'm like, oh my god, he sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah, I kind of like the design. Um, I like the design, I like the, yeah. I kind of like the idea, too. Like Matt said, it does have its place. This, the creator signed off on it. He was part of it. So, you, uh, you, you again, you can't say... It wasn't there. Yeah, in, and, and they, intent, they, they 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 did kind of take the 
Heisei Gamera or Ultraman Nexus approach where they said, like, hey, people that grew up watching Kamen Rider as kids, let's make a movie they can watch. And by doing that, they think, like, oh, they're older, so of course we just have to make it gory and and stuff like that. When it's like, no, yep. you, you, need a, you need a little more than that. And they completely... My problem with it is they completely abandoned... Um, like the target demographic, which is like kids or even you can go, you can skew older and like you do it teenagers and adults or something. But like, it was really only for fanboys. Like mm-hmm. that's the only people that'd be even remotely interested in this. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> um, all right. So now let's actually get into, um, the good stuff here. Uh, so, Amamiya is promoted to director, and um, he made two short features in 93 and 94, and I will start off my bit with talking about the first of those, and um, uh, these two movies, uh, Zeto and Jay, are about um, 45 to 50 minutes, they're not long. Uh, and I believe the reason for that was they were released theatrically, which we should mention Shin was straight to video. This was theatrically released. Uh, and I think it was a double or triple feature with um, a Sentai movie and or a Metal Heroes movie of the same length, roughly. So they kind of would release all these together as one program. Um, and I, th- I'm, I think that's why they're so short. Eric, that, does that ring a bell? Yeah, am I, am it's I basically like... Okay. A modern day equivalent of those uh, champion festivals, kind of where yeah, they, yeah, you can bring a kid to a theater and just park him there for a couple hours. Yeah, so so like you'd get a common, a short common rider movie, a Sentai, and like a Metal Heroes or uh, in one, you know, with one ticket, and you know that's pretty cool. But okay, guys, squint your eyes, and when you look at the Z and O, what does it look like? So. It looks like the, the the number twenty, and that's because this was released in April of nineteen ninety three as a t- as a Common Rider twentieth anniversary movie. Wait, 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 wait! We just talked about this. Wasn't the last one also twenty? <laughs> yes, and neither of them were were actually twenty years later. So I, they're just bad at math, and you know I'm not the best at math either. Okay, so lay off a little bit. But uh, yeah, the that's why it's like that. So, uh, Z-O, Zo, or Zeto, however you want to pronounce it, but we'll, we'll go, I'll go kind of by the book and say Zeto, although even though when I read it, I typically say Zo, but, you know, I want to be all proper for everybody. Um, oh, uh, according to the Common Rider wiki, uh, there was a joke in uh, what is called Let's Go Common Rider Net Movies. I don't know what that is, but <laughs> apparently Zoe himself brings up the, the bad math at some point, so they recognize they messed it up. Um, anyway, so uh, this is another kind of standalone thing. <coughs> Um, and I, I think they were kind of like, okay, well, the Shin thing didn't take off, so what else can we do? And uh, like I said, Amamiya is now promoted to director, and um, you'll notice a lot of his visual style in these, which is amazing. I love, I love that guy's, uh, you know, his uh, his designs, his directing. Like, um, so this one starts. Um, 
with a fellow named Masaru, who uh, it begins with him waking up like uh, it looks like underground, and he hears uh, he gets a signal that just says protect Hiroshi. Um, Hiroshi is the son of uh, uh, a, a scientist who was ex- trying to create, I, I guess, um, a perfect organism, uh, and um, that's, I guess, kind of where this guy was experimented on and becoming the common rider. So he returns uh, and he visits Hiroshi, who... Um, uh, has a crazy uncle that's straight out of a completely different movie who's like out of a Saturday morning cartoon, uh, a wacky inventor guy who tells him, you know, the doctor, um, like he, he kind of fills him in on, you know, you were created by this guy who's Hiroshi's dad or yeah, dad, who was his son. This the crazy guy's a grandpa. Anyway, um, so uh, Hiroshi is pursued by what looks like a twisted, monstrous version of of Common Rider called Doras, who um, uh, sends uh, um, a bat uh, man or uh, no, the bat is um, yeah, it's a bat guy and a spider lady. Um, throughout the movie, and so it's basically he these monsters are trying to capture this kid um and he uh you know has to turn into common rider to fend off these monsters um the there's a, a fight with doras in a like a abandoned warehouse or something and then later on um he fights uh the bat monster and then the spider one is really cool because uh it's this really kind of interesting combination of animatronics and stop motion uh, and it's this spi- giant spider woman um and they fight in like a weird like dreamscape that they're transported to uh and then uh, they eventually track everything back down to the um the scientist's lab where he's actually still alive but he's wrapped up in these like cables kind of like he's in like a Shinya Tsukamoto like Tetsuo movie or something, and uh, it turns out that um, the neo organism uh, is what had spawned these other monsters, and uh, it, that was another ex- experiment gone wrong. That is more or less the idea. It's not quite clear what it wants, you know, with Hiroshi and what what its ultimate goal is. But I think they were kind of leaning into, you know, it's 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 his id just completely out of control um and that's also brought to life with like a really really bizarre puppet of like a boy creature that's kind of like alieny um a lot of like very giger-esque um and that's where our climactic showdown is and um uh yeah um that that's that's the movie uh or my my rambling as spoiler free as possible version of it but i think i think i was fairly accurate right this movie's awesome but yeah it was it was pretty it was a pretty good synopsis no i yeah and the yeah this movie is uh yeah we'll we'll talk about why but i love this movie actually and um eric when when i, I eric was the first person i ever really talked to about common rider cuz i knew he liked it and i was like if I want to like get my foot like 
wet, like if I want to like put one foot through the door, what would you recommend? And he was like, it's got to be Zoe. He's like, uh, you know, it's got cool monsters, cyberpunk, horror elements. It's less than an hour long and it's an origin story. And it's like all the cool stuff that you would like about Kamen Rider wrapped into one little package. So I checked it out, and I hit him up again. I was like, I just watched this movie, and it was awesome. <laughs> and I was like, give me more. What, what, where do I go from there? And then he's like, well, there's the Kamen Rider J that came after. He's like, check out Kamen Rider Black, which I do have, and it's, on, it's been on my like agenda forever. I watched of I watched a good chunk of like the first few episodes, but yeah, this is this was my introduction um, to really trying to get into Common Rider through Eric here. Who I mean, yeah, this this is a great entry point. Yeah, it really is, and like there's tons of like nice little callbacks for fans um, too. So like you know the the two. Uh, kaijin so instead of kaiju is kaijin which is usually refers to like people sized monsters yeah it's the the thing yeah yeah. so you get the spider and the bat just like the original common rider so that's kind of a nice homage um and the bat one has uh like if you know like the pale man from pan's labyrinth like he's got eyeballs in his hands yeah yeah and um It's just a lot of great stuff. Uh, I think this is what Shin should have been. Uh, It's kind of an adult can enjoy some of it, but it's also kids can enjoy it too. It's a grown-up version of the original shows, kind of not totally grown up at all. It it keeps a lot. It keeps like the horror elements and even a little. Not not as bad, but you know there is a little bit more. uh, I don't want to say like gory, but it's gooier. You know, arms get chopped off and. Like, the monsters are legit scary, which is the intent of Shin, so it kind of gets that. But at the same time, Kamen Rider is himself more heroic. He looks more heroic. He looks like a hero. He acts like a hero. I mean, like, the the lead uh, Kamen Rider himself, when he's, like, not transformed or whatever, like, he's, like, the quintessential big brother type figure, you know? Um uh, out of the 80s too so he has like the leather jacket and the fingerless gloves for no reason um it's great stuff though but um i forget when he transforms does he say henshin he does like he transforms a couple times but he doesn't do the actual henshin until Until the last one right the end which is awesome it's a it's a great build up um so common rider when he transforms he typically will say something along the lines you know something and then henshin and henshin in japanese is basically transform and it's kind of a staple of common rider than a lot of these other shows like um the iron sheriffs and all that stuff like when they transform they do some elaborate arm gesture and they'll say henshin or something um and so i like that the movie kind of builds up to that sort of fan geek out moment where he finally does the full common rider transformation um yeah just this movie's great one thing i love about this film um i'm a huge fan of kaita amami especially his work like in the first uh, zram film mm-hmm. and like he has that very distinct style like when you see the, the the creature designs like you're like oh i know who did this um and especially like the 
I don't, the spider thing, like, I don't know what the hell that thing is, but, like, the, that creature in particular is incredible. That fight sequence is awesome. And it just defies imagination, some of these monsters, especially in this movie. Um, I was, like I said, when I watched this movie, I was completely blown away because of uh, just how really unique and, um, I, I don't know, like, it, it, when you watch a, a transformation, you know, you're expecting in these kinds of shows... And then when they do something different and very grotesque and, and unique, it blew me away. So I was very captivated by the movie, and I, I adore this film. Like, I, I need to go out and actually buy it, because I think I, I saw it. Was, it. was it with you, Eric, or did you let me borrow it? I don't remember if I watched that. Yeah, you... Hold on a second. My dog's whining. Um, but, yeah, you came over to my house, and uh, we watched it together. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, I'm a so I like. He's known for Garrow now, or Garrow, um, and that, those are great shows. But my one beef with those is that visually, all the monsters look the same. Like I have the same color palette. They're the same. They just look the same. And I guess it's because they're kind of. If you get into that show, they have the same sort of origin. But the his original work was, in a way, I prefer it because. Everything looks, you can see that it's him, but everything looks kind of different at the same time. So the the bat and the, the spider creatures, are they're, like, they're scary and they're frightening and they have his touch on it, but they're not like the same color. They don't look the same really. It, they, it's a nice sort of visual, um, I don't know, buffet here. Well, they also use like uh, stop motion in this, which is pretty unique. Well, yeah, I will say that... Um... One thing that I love about him, first of all, I mean, to piggyback what Matt said, Amamiya, that guy just has a hell of an imagination. Um, I think he's, like, one of the true visionaries to work in the genre. And, um, uh, I mean, it's it's a very recognizable style, but another thing that I... I mean, and, and his design work is great, too, and it's, it's very Giger-inspired, it seems. Every now and then he'll throw, like, a... a a phallic thing in there. <laughs> like I mean, zero. Things. If you when you watch Zerum, I mean, it's really just that little head in the the helmet, which is a giant it, penis. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a, it's a penis. Um, <laughs> you know, and I mean, you see some of that that kind of thing and throughout all his work, but just great design work. Any regardless, um, like I said, very Giger esque, and also I love. You never know what trick he's going to pull out. You know, in, in terms of effects or whatever i mean okay here's a okay spider monster you know with a big whoop and then it's like whoa this just went full stop motion you know and i mean zeram uh, the whole last Same. act of what yeah. yeah 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 the whole last act of that movie is like seeing the creature become and do all these things you had no idea it would ever be able to do and like he just pulls out all these tricks and it's just, I mean, this movie has a great combination of, you know, the the great, you know, Japanese suit um, suit acting, uh, stop motion, animatronics, puppets, and he's not afraid to just dabble in all these different mediums to bring these these monsters and stuff to life, and um, that's awesome. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 you know, 
I think his body of work speaks for itself. I mean, it's mixed as any, you know, person who's been making content for a long time is, but um, just, yeah, just a great imagination on that guy. Uh, and uh, this, I think, was the first thing I ever really watched that he did. I mean, I know he's directed episodes of things like uh, Z-Ranger, and um, he's done design work for all kinds of stuff. Um, I think his, fr- I think one of his first gigs was do. Uh, he was an animator for Gunhead, um, so he's been around for a while. But yeah, I mean. I can't praise the guy enough, and I, I just wanted to, to say that. And uh, I haven't seen all of his stuff, and I look forward to checking out more. Have either of you seen the Ultraman USA thing? Because I know he did some work on that as well. Uh, that, uh, the anime or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's been a long, long time, but... But yeah, he's, yeah, he's had his... He, creatures, I yeah, believe. For- yeah, he's had his hands in everything, man. Um, and... Uh, you know he still does like design work and 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 things like that so um but yeah yeah if you're interested in his work i'd say uh jetman is another good one uh sentai show is probably known as probably the fan favorite uh for adults uh it's the most grown up of the sentai series um Garrow, like i said and that's available now legit stateside so yes it is know, support- support toku releases and then um uh mikazuki is a really oh, good yeah. one I, heard, I, I know i've heard nothing but good things about that i need to get on mikazuki but yeah i think that's up on youtube dubs uh, yeah. okay is it uh, oh hakider i know eric Hakider. oh god i love hakider so much um, and i shouldn't because i'm a big hakider fan which is a good guy um that hakider is kind of the, the joker to that batman and in that movie Hikider is basically the good guy, so it, it's like what would happen if uh, essentially Batman was the villain. Um, but uh, it's a that's an awesome movie. It's, that's a, it's, something Violator is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, you watched that. I think you said well, you liked it, but you didn't like it as much as Zoe. Zoe so set, set the bar too high. <laughs> um, we should also mention that Zoe has a cameo by Space Sheriff. Gavon himself, Kenji Oba, also a uh, previous guest on Kaiju Transmissions. Um, And segments of it were, oh my god, I can't believe I didn't mention that this was actually my first exposure to Kamen Rider. Sections of uh, Zoe, or Zeto, I I kept saying I was going to say Zeto, but I just kept saying Zoe. But segments of it were adapted for Saban's Masked Rider. Which Dude, I remember that show. Which even flopped oh, it did. It was it was it flopped miserably. Which even as a kid, I I didn't like. Um, ugh, I didn't know that. I th- I know it was based off Kamen Rider Black RX. But um, I know it was uh, the so. neo. Some of the neo organism fight footage was was used for uh, for Mast Rider, and oh my god, and uh, I mean even for a Saban like Americanization of a, a show, it was it was bad. Um, um, uh, and we will. I will say that the only time this has been legit, in a way, released here is there was a Sega CD game <laughs> that was that basically used footage, and I think it was dubbed. But it was one of those. Um, Bert, let me can I interject something real quick because you can go on YouTube and you can there's a there's a complete like somebody played through the game, recorded it, and it is dubbed. And the way this game works is basically as the movie's playing. 
you're supposed to hit certain buttons at certain times. Yeah, so it's like, like um, I think the most famous game like that is probably Dragon's Lair, which had a fun little cameo in uh, the last season of Stranger Things when they're at the arcade and. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, but, but yeah, it was when there were a lot of games like that, and yeah, it was one of those. And from what I understand, it's like historically un it bad. Like it's it's terrible. I was I was actually like watching some of the playthrough, and it's it, it, it's not good. Also, guys, I have a confession. I owned a Sega CD as a kid. I didn't know like, a I got... single. Pr- I didn't know anyone actually bought Sega CD. I didn't know anyone yeah, I... that actually had one. I remember when it came out, at first it was a big deal, and then it just kind of, like, went nowhere. Yeah, we dude, I love Sega Genesis, and then we got the Sega CD attachment, and then, uh, yeah, man. That was, the, the big thing about Sega CD was some of the games, you could take the game out and play it in your CD player, because, you know, we used to have those things back in the day, and you could play the soundtrack. So, like, I remember playing Mortal Kombat and getting that, like, Mortal Kombat, that, like, song, the techno song or whatever, and uh, you could listen to the soundtrack for like some of the games and stuff, which was kind of a interesting deal. But yeah, but the game's terrible. Anyway, the the game for this Comrade uh, game's not good. <laughs> um, and I should mention Doras, the neo organism villain thing. Uh, from what I can tell here, still kind of shows up uh, every now and then in these crossover movies and stuff. Yeah, he showed up a few times, and he's given. I mean, as much as respect as you can, these kind of there's tons of these monsters, but he's uh, he along with Shadow Moon, uh, the main villain for Black, um, they get they get kind of a decent amount of respect and kind of uh, they're they're treated importantly, I think. So um, yeah, this is it definitely has its place in the uh, series, and it still looked upon like fondly by a lot of people so yeah and and it, i mean this is where anyone should start i think it's short so it's not going to take too much of your time it's got all kinds of cool effects all kinds of different ways of bringing these monsters to life it's stylish it's entertaining uh it's got everything that you could want in you know what's a glor- basically a glorified short film um and i love it um I'm going to give it a 4.5. The only thing keeping me from a 5 is some stuff that might be just by design. Like, with it being so short, they don't always they don't have time to really, you know, clarify some things like, you know, some of the motivations, the villains and stuff like that. But other than that, it's, 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 it's close to perfect. Uh, so a 4.5, a very enthusiastic 4.5. And, um, yeah, I'd track this down if, if you want to get into Kamen Rider. Yeah, I agree. I, I think um, I, I'm 4.5 for me as well, and I, I think that the only thing keeping me from being like a perfect 5 is the same thing you said. Like, there's not there's not a huge narrative, and I think the reason that you... Obviously, you can't have that because it's kind of a short film. Like, it just kind of is what it is. It's got a very specific track to the movie. So, like, you're not going to get a ton of character development, that kind of stuff. But, like, what you do have there is a lot of really good special effects work. And... and, and um, you get a ton of really cool suits and monsters, and the fight scenes are very well done and choreographed, and the the set pieces are a lot of fun. Um, so, I mean, like, for me, all the other stuff works so well that, like, I, I just had a blast watching it. Yeah. It is awesome. Um, yeah. I'd say 4.5 as well. Um, and kind of be careful what you wish for. Hakaider actually has a longer... Um, sort of director's cut and it's worse 
Oh yeah. So, so sometimes the shorter versions, um, I agree. That's why it's not a five is it needs some of that other stuff, but, uh, sometimes it d- didn't turn out well. <laughs> you know, if Shin Kamen Rider was the same length, it might It'd be a lot better. Be... It would be a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you could cut out all the crap. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, a year later was Kamen Rider J, 1994. Oh, one last note about uh, Zeto is it was also the first uh, time Bandai uh, was involved as a co-producer of Kamen Rider. As you can see, it seemed like it was off to a good start uh from what eric and other fans have uh told me is that uh it's it's not that anymore <laughs> so it's it's kind of where the ultraman series is where um it's more aimed at specifically little little kids a big focus on selling toys and um kind of like where the newer ultraman series are they're more just goofy kid superhero things like power rangers instead of you know the actual kind of sci-fi stuff that people our age were more used to. Um, but, uh, so, uh, next is Kamen Rider J. Um, I guess someone at Toei finally figured out that, uh, it wasn't 1991. And so it was not a 20th anniversary movie. Um, but it, it was again uh, Amamiya. Um, this one's a little uh, lighter, I think, than the last one. And uh, I think uh, Eric, I believe this is—I believe it's your uh, turn here yeah, to, yep. to give us our uh, our little uh, story rundown. I'll take it. And um, I do believe this is the last time you get kind of that a uh, quintessential karate bugman um, thing for for a common rider. I think everything after this becomes. Uh, he's based off something else or, or whatever. So um, the last kind of movie of the, I think the show era uh, kind of ends on that note. So, but uh, the movie involves like this, this ancient evil entity called the fog mother. And she has three quote unquote children. And she sort of sends them to find a, um, to Earth to, to find um, a human sacrifice, and it has to, I think, be specifically like a, a young child. So we cut away to uh, Kiji Sagawa. Uh, he's an environmentalist reporter, uh, and he's investigating some pollution by a lake, and he's got a young friend with him named Kana, and um, they're doing their thing. He's taking pictures, and then these three uh, children of the fog mother kind of pop up out of nowhere and they kidnap her and essentially kill him. Um, but surprise, surprise, he is kind of revived um, by, I think, Earth spirits as the J powered warrior, Common Rider J. Uh, and they give him an emissary, a, um, a guide named Barry, who's a maybe foot uh, or maybe 18 inches long grasshopper that talks uh, and is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Barry is awesome. Um, and so Barry kind of guides him, kind of gives him a narrative about this ancient evil. You've got to stop it. You're the only one. And basically from then on, uh, it's just a ask, 
kicking fests of uh, Jay just dishing it out and uh, kicking butt, taking names, um, kind of working his way through the three quote unquote uh, children of the Fog Mother. So you've got um, a really cool lizard monster guy um, that is actually a quadruped for a lot of the scenes, and they fight like in a kind of about a water, waterfall and a, a lake, and it's a pretty cool fight scene. Um, trying to remember the other ones real quick. Uh, you guys remember off the top of your heads? I just watched it the other day too. Um, um you, just the monsters. Yeah. There's, well, yeah. There's the alligator one. Um, there's a uh, another kind of flying. Uh, yeah. Yeah, bat one. Um, and the final guy's like this. Uh, he's kind of like um. He's more like your traditional, like what I think of when I think of Ami. Like he looks like some of the stuff out of Garo to me. Like yeah, he's not like really Garo. based off an animal or anything. He's just kind of like a weird, bastardized common rider thing. Yeah, I don't know. He, he's not like he doesn't really have any animal features, like wings or anything yeah. like that. He's more. He's got a lightsaber a... though. <laughs> he does. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it even makes like the sound effects too. Yeah. So they fight, and he finally dispatches him, and he's killed all three children. And then I think he escapes with Kana, um, and that's when the Fog Mother kind of—I'm getting this a little bit out of order—but basically revealed as this big, giant, moving, organic castle thingy. And Common Rider J reveals that he can uh, basically transform into a giant Ultraman-sized hero. <laughs> the first time ever that a common writer uh, has been able to do that. I think the only time. Well, aside um, from that Ultraman short, then yeah, it's the only time. Which, um, yeah. So did he do it? In they, a, he might have done one of the crossover movies. I mean, I haven't seen all that stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna get to that in a second. Yeah. So, uh, and they fight, and he does like the biggest rider kick. Which we I can't believe we haven't talked about the rider kick yet. So the ride common riders typically have uh, two sort of uh token moves to get the rider punch and they like this like they'll scream like rider punch and then punch the, the the monster but their big finisher usually is the rider kick and it's kind of like uh, everyone does a little bit differently but they just leap through the air you know like one kick kind of outstretched and that somehow once something gets contacted with that they just blow up <laughs> so uh it's awesome uh and back in the show era, for some reason, all these fights would usually just suddenly be in a city. Then all of a sudden, once the fight started, you'd be in a rock quarry every single time. <laughs> <laughs> that Power Rangers thing. But anyways, uh, so Jay does like the biggest rider kick ever. Like he's literally like his foot's on fire because he's gotten so high when he's coming down and the monster blows up. And uh, that's pretty much the end of the movie. Um, Jay has returned a few times uh, in a few of these crossovers, but he's always like the dumb brute kind of like his only purpose now in these, these crossovers is to become giant. Um, <laughs> he's yeah, taking everything sense. else away from him. That's his, he's the giant <laughs> common rider. So it's kind of sad because he's, he's a little bit more than that in this movie, but it is what it is. So I'm going to uh, add one thing to this because, and, and the only reason I'm adding this, honestly, is because it reminds me of uh, Mothra 3. 
And that's the fact that they mention in this that the Fog Mother is responsible for exterminating the dinosaurs. And they do that by showing us how, like, um, when, when, when she sacrifices the... When the sacrifice happens, it gives birth to these, like, creatures that grow out of her or whatever. And those things ate the dinosaurs. And it's, like, the worst, like, hand puppet, Bandai dinosaur figure. <laughs> yeah, it's... Except, except for the Mothra 3 dinosaurs that look confused at each other. Oh, those dinosaurs are awesome. Those dinosaurs are garbage. I have... <laughs> listen, my Jurassic Park dinosaurs that I got, like, back in 1992, like, the battle-damaged T-Rex and stuff, those things look better than these, all right? Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, this... Sorry, I didn't There's mean to also uh, the Fog Mother's uh, babies, which are, like, little puppet uh, worms, kind of. <laughs> like, yeah, they're like... Yeah, there's the part where uh, the little girl is kind of in this cage, and the cage is kind of being eaten by all these like Geiger-esque maggots, basically that are oh, trying yeah. to eat her, and it's that's that's pretty disturbing stuff to to, to watch. Dude, so. Barry is awesome. I just want to say that again because it's so true. Never forget. Barry is yeah. Never forget uh, Barry's sacrifice. He's one of the highlights of the movie for sure. Well, like a a new, a new he a, a new Barry kind of shows up and watches him like drive his motorcycle later, right? Yeah, so that's true. You know. uh, I also want to give major props to uh, Agito, which is the or Agito or whatever. That's the alligator monster because that that monster is actually pretty awesome. And that that's a really cool it. suit, yeah. Um, and then the second zoo, which is the um. That's kind of like the 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 bee. She's actually supposed to be oh the Mothra or bee, or bee whatever yeah. the hell that is yeah that that fight sequence is really cool and the reason I like it is because they're actually she's flying through a lot of those sequences where they're fighting and it's done really well I mean it's it's obvious wire work but like it's pretty well done because they're fighting through like this massive cavern kind of thing and it, it's it just it looks cool and they're up. Uh, high as shit in some of those scenes man like and it's still fighting like on on the wires it looks like legitimately terrifying to and there's have. nothing below them that i can see yeah <laughs> they're really far up yeah it's good point so that that's that's a really cool um a really fun sequence and something that i don't think that i've seen in other uh sentai like i haven't seen a ton of sentai stuff i'm mostly familiar like my sentai background's probably mostly power ranger stuff but I don't remember like a sequence that's as well choreographed and like orchestrated and shot as well as that particular fight. So it's just this movie has a lot of things that I love. Um, the design work is incredible. The one thing I hate again, the dinosaurs, man, those are those are not good. Um, yeah, no, I mean the, this movie is a lot of fun. I remember when I first watched it, I think I was kind of expecting more of a companion piece to the previous movie, and this was a little bit more lighthearted and. Um, you know, less, I guess, quote-unquote, adult. And I, I, it's not that I didn't like it. I was like, huh, well, yeah, it's okay. But on this last rewatch, I really liked it a lot more. Um, I think it's just a, a, a fun movie, and it's, it's different from the previous one, and, uh, and, and that's, that's good. Um, and Amamiya's design work is still there. The monsters aren't as elaborate as the, the ones in Zeto, but... Um, uh, yeah, it's fun and it's cool to see Common Rider as a giant. Um, and yeah, I, I think when I first watched it, I think the first thing I asked Eric was, "Why didn't you tell me that there was uh, his version of Yoda was a talking grasshopper named Barry?" 
Uh, <laughs> um, but no, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, I can't quite meet it where the last one was, but I really liked it on this last rewatch a lot, and uh, a lot more than I remembered liking it. And um, so for that, I'm going to give it a four, I think. You Before know, I bury the grasshoppers, is that what we were doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and I, um, we should mention that... Um, uh, um, the actor that um, played uh, um, Jay is uh, <clears throat> um, what's this guy's name? He was the Red Zoo Ranger, which was the Japanese um, uh, version of Power Rangers. Um, the original uh, Power Rangers for us over here. Yeah, yeah. For- His name was is Yuka Mochizuki. Um, and yeah, he was the uh, original Red Ranger. Uh, well, for us, anyway. <laughs> so, what, uh, one, go ahead, Eric. I just want to say, I, I did have the same viewing experience that uh, Bird did. I remember being kind of like, oh, that was okay. It wasn't Zeto, it wasn't Zoe. Um, but this last go-around, I was like, for a second, I was like, man, I, do I enjoy this more than Zoe? But It's a lot of fun, man. It really yeah, is. So, and I—I I mean, if, if for whatever reason you can't get your hands on on Zoe, I mean, this is—I think Zoe's a lot more interesting. But this is this is would probably be just as decent of an entry point to to Common Rider. I think Zoe's a little more—it's—it's it's tighter and a little more um, polished. But Jay's got some stuff that Zoe doesn't. So there's some little more like. Um, like there's a scene where they're kind of transforming him or giving him the J power and like visually it's taken right out of the first Kamen Rider episode. Like he's on like on this table and they're doing stuff to him. Um, and it's a really cool throwback and it just does some really awesome things. Um, so actually it was intended to be like sort of a companion piece to Zoe as supposed to be like the modern, the new era of rider one and two. So they're supposed to be like double riders. They were going to, uh, team up and kind of, um, be a, a duo, but I don't know, I guess this must not perform well, or maybe it was just the intention of the director and he never actually, like it was his head cannon, but he was never actually going to fall through on it. Um, but that's why they're designed visually very similar is because they wanted to harken back to that rider one and two look. So, um, well, there was a short called Common Rider World that was done for some sort of amusement park. It was a 3D short that was really just an extended fight scene. But, but yeah, that was Zoe and Jay teaming up. And um, I don't think Amamiya had much, if any, involvement with it other than it used, you know, the riders and monsters from those two uh, movies. But... I don't know. Yeah. It's it's a thing. It exists. It's like five to eight minutes, and I don't know. It's just a fight scene, but it's not. <laughs> there's nothing especially bad or good about it. But you know, it's worth bringing up that you know. I think that's the only like actual team up team up they had. Barry does come back in that too, by the way. Yeah, that's, all, that's all. That's all that matters. But it's a four. <laughs> it's a four berries for me. Four um, berries too. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm four berries, and I also should mention that. Uh, this actually has like, you know, traditional giant monster kind of esque uh, tokusatsu destruction sequences. Like the the 
the mothership fog mother whatever that thing is that machine goes on a rampage and like destroys cities for a little bit which is actually a, a lot of fun um so if you want something that's a little different like this is this is it i mean it, it's this movie is a little more i, I would describe um Zoe as being a little more adult oriented this has a child protagonist in it so like it is definitely a little more toned down i guess um, but it's a ton of fun. What's it's this guy really hanging out, doing, life. hanging out with like 10 year olds, by the way? Yeah. And it's not like a sibling. It's a friend. Quote unquote. Yeah. I don't, God, I, I don't really want to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, another thing I want to say is the fog, the, the mothership, the, the trans, like the sort of transformations and, and like the arms that start coming out of the machine and stuff like that's really awesome. It's a really cool visual, but because of all those things, I'm also at four berries. All right. Yeah, man, it's it's uh, it's good stuff, and you know, whenever I have, I mean, life is mo- more busy as you get older. But you know, when I have time, I want to get into not only more common rider, but I want to check out you know stuff like Garo and you know more of Amamiya's stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, this this '90s, uh, there's not a lot of common rider in the '90s, but what there is is uh, it's uh, probably the best stuff to you know, get your foot in the door. And I know um, they just released a Blu-ray box set in Japan of uh, all three 90s movies. So it's got Shin, it's got uh, Zoe and Jay in it. And as bonus features, it's got World in there. It's got the SD cartoon in there. Um, So, I mean, that's a nifty little box set. And Amamiya actually also did the artwork for it, which is actually really cool. If you Google it, um, you can see it, but... Um, it's got uh, really cool drawings he did of the three riders from the three movies, and um, yeah, uh, it's good stuff. Yeah, and if if you are interested, if you, if you see Zoe and Jay, you're like, man, I, I want more. Um, tonally, like Bird kind of alluded to, like the best thing you can do is check out Commander Black. Yeah, it sounds like that's the um, next logical step for guys like me who are noobs and want to, you know. Yeah. It's going to be kind of close visually and just tonally. Um, outside of black, then you start getting into two totally different vibes. If you go more in the past, you're like you're more that old school uh, rock quarries all the time, and you know big explosions in the the dirt uh, when a, when an enemy dies or whatever. Um, a lot of like sort of bike stunts. Um, and if you go forward. Uh, past black uh you start getting more into that bandai stuff with um kuga and agito and stuff like that so um yeah so uh try black if you can uh if you feel like these two i intend to do that um well uh eric thank you for holding our hand through uh our first journey into common rider um which uh was a lot of fun and yeah i look forward to uh checking out more at some point how'd you like how'd you like your uh your first common rider experience matt dude it was great like i said this is this is uh me getting to experience stuff for the first time for me is like i go back to being a a five-year-old seeing godzilla 1985 for the first time and it's it's wonderful every time for the most part Unless you're going to make me watch uh, Kamen Rider Shin 
on repeat. I don't want to do that ever again. <laughs> Dude, you know what sucks is, like, when I was younger, like, I didn't get into Ultraman until a little later. Common Rider, like, I'm just now kind of, like, getting my feet wet. And, like, the reason I always avoided all this stuff, because I, I, there's so much of it. And it's like, and I knew I, once I started, I was going to like it and want to see more. And I was like, well, that's just a lot of work. And now I'm realizing now that I'm older, I probably should have taken advantage of that when I was younger because now, uh, you know, I'm old, you know, I, I have a, a, a three-year-old and do I work 10 hour days and I don't have the time now. <laughs> But when I was a kid and all I was doing was sitting around watching the Godzilla vs. Gigon for the hundredth time on VHS, like, I could have been getting more into this stuff. And it's like, you know, I should have taken that chance then instead of now when it's who... I've I've had that Kamen Rider Black series. I've had that for years, and I have not had the time to go through all 50-some episodes. But now with a podcast, I can, like, prioritize and, like, force myself to develop a routine to get through everything which like matt i and matt even more uh, it's been a little bit of a process getting through some of these shows but dude i have struggled to get through all it's 7. hard well it's hard like, to get I, through any of them i mean especially once you get into the later shows like ultraman is what 39 episodes ultra sevens like 49 or something and i mean like they just keep getting longer and i'm hearing eric say the first common rider series is 98 episodes and it's making you want to jump out a window yeah i'll never i'll never watch it for that reason that's just too much but i can't yeah it's not it's i've I've seen like the first like maybe 20 or 30 and i i got a sense of it and i've seen some of the stuff at the end and that's enough for me i'm i I got the vibe of it matt and i like we've talked there's a lot like we were just talking the other day there's a ton of shows we want to do for this and like we the two of us matt we need to like develop a routine like we'll be like if we watch like one episode a day and then like in a month or so we can have like the whole thing watched. that's my routine dude like every morning i (laughs) before work you know a lot of people are like doing like uh news or actually people probably don't do news anymore but like whatever they do i'll just watch like one episode of a telku show before work and like on a saturday i'll do like two or three and then like you can knock out a show like a whole series and month and a half matt that's what we're missing we're missing the routine we're missing that in our lives you know here's the thing though i have a routine the problem is my like i like watching these this stuff with my son he he finds like five shows and when i say five shows i mean five episodes of the same show that he likes so he's been watching like ultraman x but he has like the same five episodes of that show that he wants to watch on repeat. <laughs> and like, so like, there's a stupid ass cat episode that he wants to watch <laughs> it, with um, Moochan, and like, it's the cat that farts. And like, I'm not making that up either. That's an actual plot line in the show, and it's it's actually kind of a cute, really funny. That's episode. a good episode, yeah. But like, he's like, oh, I want to watch the cat one. I'm like, oh, can we watch? And he's like, no, I just want to watch the cat one. And if I don't let him watch the cat one. It's just not going to be a good night. So I just, okay, we're going to watch the cat one. It's fine. And luckily, I got him switched on, onto Gamera. So we've been watching, we watched uh, the Heisei Gamera series now. So now he loves Gamera versus Legion. Thank God, because I watched that movie like three times in the past day. You, you need to like start like putting them on on your computer or something and have, like while he watches the TV or, or get him like a like a, a an ipad or something to amuse himself like but yeah the the that's the thing is like it, the routine i need to make it a habit and it's hard to build new habits as we all know yeah man getting old sucks 
Yeah. But yeah, that's why I avoided a lot of this stuff for so long, is because I was like, this is the, the Ultraman, Common Rider, even Garo for something that's, what, 10 years old? Like, you Google that, and it's like a rabbit hole. It's like, oh my god. It's, it's the same problem I think a lot of people have that don't read comics, and they're like, I kind of want to start reading comics. Dude, I can't even. But, I can't even think about. Comics like, makes my head. Okay, explode. you you want to start reading X Men? Do you jump in now, or do you go back to like Dark Phoenix Saga, and it, like it's the same. It's it's a rabbit hole, and you need and you need to invest the time, and still pace yourself without getting sick of it and going crazy. It's just a big challenge. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff that we want we want to do TV wise. I think. I think yesterday or the day before, Matt and I were talking, we rattled off at least eight to ten shows that we really want to do. We have a year material, I think, already like that we could do easily. if we Like just, just in TV, it. yeah. <laughs> like easily. Um, but I think with that said, like this has been a really good episode. Eric, thank you for like helping us and answering questions because I didn't know crap about Kamen Rider. Yeah, because th- this is outside of our uh, comfort zone <laughs> and our our, uh, our knowledge level, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, anytime, guys. Appreciate the invite. Alright, well, uh, yeah, I think we're good to wrap up, so. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Alright, see ya.